morning. Welcome to Riverview Church. Let's stand together and worship our Lord. Breathe on me, breath of God, breathe on me. Breathe on me, breath of God, breathe on me. And I come alive, I'm alive when you breathe on me. Yeah, I come alive, I'm alive when you breathe on me. Awake, awake, awake my soul. God resurrect these bones from death to life for you. to me, word of God, speak to me, speak to me, word of God, speak to me, and I come alive, I'm alive when you speak to me, yeah, I come alive, I'm alive when you speak to me. Life 
and hath provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness, morning by morning, no mercies I see, all I have needed, thy hand hath provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. Amen. There we go. Okay, amen. Good morning. Please be seated. Ah, microphones. Oh, boy. Okay. Hey, so welcome today. We are uh, excited today. It's Baptism Sunday. We have, oh, amen. Yeah, praise God. We have about 30 people being baptized today. Uh, so uh, the two groups together had a great service at 930. It was just packed with uh, all these people being baptized. And then we have some obviously in the 11 o'clock service that are being baptized. But as you know, no one's becoming a believer today. That's not what baptism is all about. It's all about people that have already made a decision to place their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And now they're taking a public stand for Christ and saying, I want to identify with Jesus. And with baptism, it's a very powerful symbol. When someone goes under the water, they're in essence saying, I'm dying to my old way of living before Christ. And when they come up out of the water, they're in essence saying, I now live a new life for Christ. I'm a new creation, dead to the old, alive to the new. And that's why we're here today. That's why all these people are taking a stand today. So we are rejoicing as a church. This is probably the most people we've ever had baptized on a Sunday. And so we're excited about that. I know that there were five or six young people baptized at the last youth retreat as well. So we're excited when people take a stand for Jesus Christ. And that's what everyone's doing here today. Carrie, thank you for coming and taking a stand for the Lord. I ask everybody three questions. Why did you uh, make it, or how did you make a decision to place your faith and trust in Jesus Christ? When did that happen? And then uh, how has Jesus changed your life? And why do you want to be baptized? And I want to ask you that first question, Carrie. When did you make a decision to place your faith and trust in Jesus? Well, I was a child um, in grade school. I think I was about 11 years old. And um, this happened a year after I was in a, oh, a really serious accident on my horse and um, almost died. Uh, multiple skull fracture that um, put me in a coma, and I had a blood clot in my brain, and they had to do a surgery, and they told my parents I probably wasn't going to make it. And two days later, after the surgery, I woke up, and I knew who I was, and everything was fine, and I was okay. And um, I found out later that my grandma went on national TV with um, an evangelist called Oral Roberts and had the whole nation praying for me. And uh, about a year later, when my dad over here allowed me to ride my horse again, I went to the top of the mountain uh, behind her house, and... Uh, that's when I prayed and thanked the Lord and uh, told him I knew he was alive. <laughs> Amen. Amen. That's a great story. And we're thankful you're here and that you are healthy. And thank you for all that you're doing at the Review Leading Our Daniel Plan Ministry. So thank you for that. Um, tell us 
the difference that Jesus makes in your life? How does he help you every day? He gives me strength. He gives me courage. Um, he gives me the courage to, to fight, uh, especially when I've had some health issues. Um, and this church uh, has given me so much. <laughs> Praise God. And why do you want to be baptized today, Carrie? I just want to proclaim um, my love for Jesus, and um, uh, I want to continue to serve and um, uh, do his will. Well, step forward a little bit here in light of your uh, testimony of faith and, and just an amazing story of how God has watched over you and your desire to be baptized. I now baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Now we have Carol Cottingham. Come on in, Carol. Amen. You can stand right there maybe so everybody can see you, then you can step down as I baptize you. But Carol, welcome. Tell us how you came to faith in Jesus Christ. When I was seven years old, my father told me that Jesus Christ would come back and die all over again just to save me if he had to. And after that, he couldn't love Jesus Christ. So you accepted Christ, Christ as an early age and place your faith and trust in him. And now you're standing here. Tell us over the years, how has Jesus made a difference in your life? Oh, he has reduced my fears, increased my trust and my faith, and helping me to let go and let God, letting, letting me know that I'm not in charge. I don't have to save the world or myself. It's already been done. Man, I love that. And why do you want to be baptized today? Well, I was baptized at eight days old uh, in the Catholic Church, and I wanted it to be my decision. God put it on my heart, but I never really stood up for him, so I want to take a stand for Christ today. Amen. I love that. Why don't you step down, Carol? I love the fact you're taking a stand for Jesus, and he told us to be baptized, and you're making the decision on your own, which is fantastic. So in light of your testimony of faith and your desire to be baptized, I now baptize you in the name of the Father. Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen, Carol. All right, this is Isabella Dollar. Isabella, come on in. Now I'll have you stand on top of the shelf here so that People can get a good look at you. Welcome. All these people out here are excited about your decision to be baptized today. They're all rooting for you and excited for your stand that you're taking. How did you come to faith in Jesus Christ? Um, I came in to Jesus because the, when we moved here, he helped us like um, get through the move. And you put your faith in him at that point, right, when you're going through all those changes. So uh, and tell us. You're a young girl. How does Jesus help you in your life? He helps me, like, stay protected and give, like, uh, um, he, like, helps me be healthy and stuff. 
Okay, all right. So you feel protected with Jesus. He's, he's always with you, right? Never leaves you, never forsakes you. Even a young girl like you, all of us, he never leaves us. Why do you want to be baptized today? To show people that I'm committed to um, follow him for the rest of my life. And I love that. You're committed to following him the rest of your life. I love that. Well, Isabel, I'm excited about your statement of faith and your desire to be baptized. And in light of that, I now baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Right. Next, we have another young person, Ashton Hurst. Come on up here, Ashton. Great job, man. Thanks for taking a stand for Jesus. You can stand right there for now so everybody can see you, okay? So how old are you now? Ten. Nice. And I love the fact that uh, you're taking a stand for Jesus. So when did you put your faith and trust in Jesus? When I first read the Bible, I wanted to have Jesus in my heart. Yeah, so you made a decision to believe in him. And... How does he help you every day? You're a young boy. How, how does Jesus help you in your life? By giving me strength to overcome my anxiety. Nice. Oh, that's cool. And and why do you want to be baptized today, Ashley? So that I can be, show the world that I'm a Christian. That's fantastic. Well, step down here. And uh, I like the fact that you're trusting in the Lord and you're taking a stand for him today. See all these people out here? They're excited for you. And they want to see you grow in your faith and become a, a man of God the rest of your life. So in light of your testimony of faith and your desire to be baptized, I now baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Good job, Ashton. All right, now we have uh, Vicki Lewis. great to have you here. Thanks for taking this stand for the Lord. How did you come to faith in Jesus Christ? Well, I always felt that I was a Christian. Um, I grew up as a Catholic, and I was baptized when I was a baby. So um, the reason why I'm here is to, to do this for God and to be able to know the meaning of baptism. All right. So how does Jesus help you in your life every day? Walking with him and knowing that he's with me. You already kind of expressed why you want to be baptized, but say it again. Why do you why why are you here today taking this stand? I'm here today to take the stand to be baptized because I want to serve and I want to um, live a life for God. Man, I love that, Vicky. Want you take a step here and light of your testimony of faith and your desire to be baptized. I now baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Come on, Ella. Good job. Come on, take a step over. Stand right there so everybody can see you. Ella, great to have you here. Excited about all these people kind of cheering for you and excited about the step you're taking today. How did you come to faith in Jesus Christ? Um, well, when I think I was like six. You prayed? 
to accept Jesus. And how did that feel? Um, good. Good, really good. And how does Jesus, you're a young girl, but I, I never want to minimize small beginnings and early beginnings, because I know I was saved at a pretty early age as well. Um, how does Jesus help you in your life? By doing the right thing. Very cool. Your mom and dad must love that. And so tell us, uh, why do you want to be baptized today? Yeah, because the Bible tells us to. That's a great reason. I love that reason. Here, step over here. Oh, you're almost all the way down already. In light of your, in light of your testimony of faith, and your desire to be baptized, I now baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Good job, Ella. Now we have Haley Rose Patrick. Kelly, come on in. Water's nice and warm. All right, why don't you stand right there as well. Tell us how you came to faith in Jesus Christ. When did you make that decision? Um, it was actually this year that I kind of, I always prayed and called myself a Christian, but I never really knew what it meant. And this year I've been able to really build a relationship with God. Amen, I love that. So it's in this last year that you really put your faith and trust in him. And tell us how that's helped you in your life. Um, through everything. He's given me a purpose. He's made me feel loved and just helps me to always find strength whenever I go through anything else. Amen, Ellen. And then tell us, why do you want to be baptized? Um, I'd like to be baptized today because um, just to show my devotion and love for Jesus. I love that. Well, Haley Rose, take a step down there. And in light of your testimony of faith and your desire to be baptized, I now baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. This is Michael O'Brien. Michael, come on up here. Stand right on there on that ledge so people can see you. Michael, good to have you here, man. Tell us, uh, you came up to me a couple weeks ago and said that you really wanted to be baptized, and I love the initiative you took to say that met me on the patio and told me you really want to do that. Um, how did you come to faith in Jesus Christ? Um, may, um, <laughs> how I became faith in Jesus Christ ever since I, re I remember. Yeah, you told me around four years old you thought you prayed to receive Christ and you remember making a decision to follow him. And so tell me this, um, how, how does he help you in your life? He helps me by, by following me around, giving giving me prayers. I've given him prayers, saying yes or no. Okay, so he helps you make decisions, and you feel like he's always with you. I like how you put it. He's following you around. That's a neat way to put it. I like that. So why do you want to be baptized today? Because maybe I think the bullying might stop from my school. Okay, all right. It's okay. So, and also, because Jesus tells you to, right, to be baptized? Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. We'll take a step down. I'm going to have uh, Jordan hold the mic. And in light of your faith in Jesus Christ and your desire to be baptized, I now baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. All right. Okay, Jacob, come on in. Jacob broke his arm, so he's got to be really careful, but he still wanted to be baptized. So, man, good for you, buddy. I'll be really careful, but I still got to put it under the water. 
okay? Hey, so tell us, how did you come to faith in Jesus Christ? Uh, I was on my bed, and I prayed with my mom when I was about, like, four years old. Oh, very cool. And um, how does Jesus help you in your life? He helps me with, like, everything, but especially my strength and courage. Oh, that's excellent. And, and Jacob, you're a young guy. You've taken a stand for Jesus here. Why do you want to be baptized? I want to publicly tell people that I uh, believe in Jesus, and I want to have a new life with Jesus. Amen. I love that. Well, in light of your uh, testimony of faith in Jesus and your desire to be baptized, Jacob, I now baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And uh, here's another young man. His name is Ian. Ian, come on in. Ian Xline, great to have you here. Ian, stand right there so everybody can see you. Uh, tell us how you came to faith in Jesus Christ, Ian. Um, when I was about seven years old, I watched Bibleman, and he walked me through the prayer of salvation. And then right after, my mom walked me through it. Amen. So you, you prayed that prayer, and, and uh, it really took in your heart. So, Ian, you're a young man as well. How does Jesus help you in your life, and how is he changing you? Um, he helped me through a loss of a friend and um, just everyday stress. All right, Ian. Well, good to have you here. And why do you want to be baptized today? I want to publicly announce that I am a Christian and a believer in Jesus, and I think it would be really fun to do it with Jacob. Yeah, that's your friend, right? The guy before you. So in light of your testimony of faith and your desire to be baptized, Ian, I now baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Our last person to be baptized today is Leslie Zenz. Uh, she's the daughter of Steve and Phyllis who attend our church. And uh, Leslie doesn't live in this area, but came out to be baptized uh, with her mom and dad. And Leslie, welcome. Where do you live? Um, I live in uh, Vashon, Washington. Yeah. Seattle. By Seattle. And, and uh, so good to have you here. And we love your mom and dad. Tell us how you came to faith in Jesus Christ. Oh, studying scripture with my dad. It's... It's just amazing that I was brought me the word of God, and it's, it would change my life, absolutely. And he did that over FaceTime, right? Uh, yeah, over Skype. It's over amazing. Skype. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Over Skype, and that, praise God, that's so cool. And uh, how has your relationship with Christ helped you? Uh, in so many ways. Amazingly, intellectually, like thinking about history and science in so many richer ways, you know, than I than I had been before. It fills in a lot of gaps. Right, right. Thank you. And why do you want to be baptized? Oh, well, for 50 years, I feel like I've been tugging my own chain around a delusion. So, next 50, God willing, I'll be willing to let, be led by the loving hand of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. I love that, Leslie. Here, let's take a step there. In light of your testimony of faith in Jesus Christ and your desire to be baptized, I now baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Praise God. 30 people today. So we are so thankful for all the stands that have been taken today for Christ. Let's continue in worship. Stand together.
mountains shake and crumble at your name the oceans roar and tumble at your name angels will bow the earth will rejoice your people cry out oh lord of all the earth we shout your name shout your name filling up the skies with endless praise endless praise yahweh yahweh we love to shout your name oh lord at your name the morning breaks in glory at your name Creation sings your story At your name Angels will bow And the earth will rejoice Your people cry out Oh Lord of all the earth We shout your name Shout your name Filling up the skies with endless praise endless praise Yahweh Yahweh we love to shout your name oh Lord there is no one oh there is no one like our God we will praise you praise you there's no one like our God we will sing we will sing there is no one like our God we will praise you praise you there's no one like our god we will sing we will sing there is no one like our god we will praise you praise you jesus you are god we will sing let's hear the voices lord of all the earth we shout your name shout your name filling up the skies with endless praise endless praise Yahweh Yahweh we love to shout your name oh Lord oh Lord of all the earth we shout your name shout your name filling up the skies with endless praise endless praise Yahweh Yahweh we love to shout your name, O oh Lord. Woo. Amen. Amen. Hey, so good to have you here. We're going to dismiss our kids and our junior hires and our senior hires to their classes. Before you're seated, turn around and greet somebody. Welcome them to Riverview Church.
Wasn't that exciting? Uh, all those people being baptized, and you missed, sadly, some of the testimonies from the 930 service, but uh, we had a great time with all the people being baptized there as well. If you're seated in the seat close to the center aisle, would you take out our friendship register? That's our way of hearing from you. Thank you for writing your prayer requests on the bottom. If you're a first-time visitor here, welcome. We are so glad you're here. Thank you for coming. We have a, a hug and a mug for you, coffee mug out on the patio. Love for you to pick that up. A little coupon inside for a free cup of custom-made coffee by our Youth River Brew counter. And uh, great to have you here. Thanks for coming. We'd love for you to sign this. Let us know you're here. Turn off, take, tear off the sheet, put it on the left-hand side, send it on down, and let everyone get a chance to sign it. A lot of things going on. Saturate North County. Yesterday we had a whole bunch of people meet here on Saturday. We went out and hit a whole bunch of neighborhoods that have not been hit with our bags that have the DVD about Jesus, three movies about Christ, a booklet about how to know God personally, a letter from us, and a card inviting them to church. If you have not received one of those and you live in Fallbrook or Bonzel, that means your street has not been done yet. Love for you to go outside and say, you know what, I'll do my street. I'll hand out these bags. Just your street or the street yours and the one next to you. Check with Greg about helping out. We are meeting again this Saturday at 8 in the morning. You can come at 9, too. We'll be here uh, at any time. We'll have a whole station set up that will allow you to figure out where you can go and hand out these bags to people in your neighborhood. So uh, check with Greg today on the patio, though, and find out how you can help. Let me keep going. Riverview Men, they are meeting this Tuesday. Start a series entitled Man and His Marriage. So men, great tune-up in your marriage. Go through this series, great videos, great teaching, and then you discuss it together at the tables, and that begins this Tuesday at 6.30. The Daniel Plan is for ladies, and it's all about uh, healthy living, and it's based on Scripture. If you want to be a part of that, uh, they are beginning their new study on April 18th, this Thursday in the morning. So you can find out more about that in the bulletin. There's information or call the church. Uh, the Women's Tuesday Bible Study is beginning again. Tuesday morning and Tuesday evening. My wife is hosting the morning one. Uh, Candy Neal is hosting the evening one at her house. It's called Anxious for Nothing. It's a six-week uh, Max Lucado study. Great study. We have a video about it. Let's watch this video.
So uh, that study begins a week from Tuesday on the 23rd. Sign up today, though, because we want to make sure we have enough study guides for everybody. Also, we have a tea party and fashion show coming up on April 27th. That's uh, for our widow and widower ministry, and it's being run with the White Rainbow Project. Uh, that's going to be here at church. Sign up. Uh, there's limited space, so if you want to be a part of that, sign up today. Riverview Riders, our motorcycle ministry, is having a trip on the 28th. And if you want to be a part of that, you can call the church or look in the bulletin. Also, our children's ministry is done, doing another segment of their Riverview Roots. That's like an activity session in the afternoon where they learn about the Word of God and have a lot of fun doing it. A few dates coming up. This Friday is our Good Friday service. Come back and join us as we remember what Jesus Christ did for us on the cross. And then two days after that, on Sunday, we are having our Easter celebration. I would love to ask you to do this. Pray about one person that you can invite to church on Easter. Easter is the one day when people are most likely to go. Our kids are singing. It's going to be a great time of celebration. So please pray about one person you can invite to church on Easter. Uh, our elder, Phil, is going to come now and pray for our offering. Phil Larson, and I serve as one of the elders here, and I wanted to say thank you to this congregation for your prayers for me. It's been eight weeks since I had quadruple bypass surgery, and I'm feeling great, so thank you. Thank you very much. And glory to God, man, he, because he's not done with me. So as the ushers come forward, let's, uh, let's pray, and today we're praying for Jack and B.B. McKee, who serve with Youth Vision America. We, we support them as missionaries. So let's bow our hearts in prayer. Father, we do bow our hearts before you, uh, the awesome God of the universe who stooped down and saved us uh, from our sinful state. Um, you have given us hope through your son, Jesus Christ, and we thank you uh, for that. Father, we thank you that we have the ability to take the gospel into the world as you commanded us. And I thank you for Jack and B.B. McKee who do that through the youth of San Diego and, and the area. And I just pray that you would continue to give them guidance, give them wisdom, give them strength as they commit their lives to serving you and bringing the gospel um, to the world. Lord God, prepare our hearts for your word this morning as we hear um, how you rode into Jerusalem, um, a triumphant king, and yet uh, you were eventually rejected. But thank you, Father, for your love for us and all that you do for us. We just give you this day in Jesus' name. Praises rising, eyes are turning to you. We turn to you. Hope is stirring, hearts are yearning for you. We long for you. When we see you, we find strength to face the day. In your presence, all our fears are washed away. 
God save us. That's what the words mean. And, and that's exactly what he did when he sent Jesus Christ for you and for me. This God loved you so much, he went all the way to the cross. And with that in mind, let's talk to him right now as we uh, open up the word of God. Lord, thank you for who you are. Thank you for what you've done in our lives. Thank you for the hope that we have in you. It's not fairy tale. It's reality. You lived 2,000 years ago. You died and rose again the most important event in all of human history. And so, Lord, we commit this time to you. We pray that our hearts will be ready to receive uh, what we're going to talk about today, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to take a few weeks off of uh, our ordinary superheroes of the Old Testament. And I want to talk about Palm Sunday, and of course we're going to talk about Easter next week. But really it's all about the road to the cross. This week is called the Passion Week because there are so many passions, emotions involved in what happened in the week between Palm Sunday and Easter. It was an incredible week, the most important week in all of human history when Jesus began the week by riding a donkey into Jerusalem, fulfilling a prophecy about the Messiah. It might have looked something like this. I had a, uh, there's a movie I love, Jesus of Nazareth, and I like the way they portrayed it, and it very well could have looked much like this. Let's watch it now.
right? So that gives you an idea of what happened on that first Palm Sunday. Jesus rides into Jerusalem fulfilling a prophecy. I'd love you to turn your Bibles to Luke chapter 19, 28 through 40. If you have your Bibles, there should be one nearby. The bottom line of our talk today is this. The triumphal entry into Jerusalem is a high point in the ministry of Jesus as he is welcomed by most but rejected by others. There were those that hated him. There were those that wanted Jesus dead. Right before this, you might remember, Jesus had raised Lazarus from the dead, a man that had been dead four days. You can read about it in John chapter 11. He goes to the tomb, says, open up the tomb, and cries out, Lazarus, come forth. And a man that has been dead four days hobbles out of the tomb, still wrapped in his grave cloth. And Jesus says, unbind him. If you read the rest of John chapter 11, uh, as the people began to uh, talk about Jesus, that he could raise people from the dead, it says, at that point, the Jews sought out ways to kill him. And they wanted to kill Lazarus too, because many were coming to faith in Christ because of Lazarus. So he comes to Jerusalem, and the crowd is excited about this. They've been talking about Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead. It's a high point in the ministry of Jesus. His victorious pursuit of death and sin is coming to a climax. What Jesus came to do was to have victory over death. All of us are kind of concerned about death, amen? And all of us know that every day you are one day closer to your death. Oh, Mel, you're so morbid today. Well, it's true, right? It would be unwise not to think about where will I spend eternity Jesus is coming to Jerusalem to conquer sin and death. They are on the run. They're screaming for their lives because they know the God of this universe has come specifically to have victory over death. The city probably looked a lot like this when Jesus entered it. As he entered through the gate, like we saw in the video, the crowds are around him. Now I'm going to read the text from Luke chapter 19. It says this, And when Jesus had said these things, he went on ahead going up to Jerusalem. When he drew near to Bethpage and Bethany at the mount that is called Olivet, he sent two of his disciples, saying, Go into the village in front of you, where on entering you'll find a colt tied, on which no one has ever sat. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, Why are you untying it? You shall say this, The Lord has need of it. So those who were sent away and found it just as he told them. And as they were untying the colt, its owner said to them, Why are you untying the colt? And they said, The Lord has need of it. And they brought it to Jesus, throwing their cloaks on the colt. They sat Jesus on it. And as he rode along, they spread their cloaks on the road. As he was drawing near, already on the way down from the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works they had seen, saying, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. Why didn't they like that? Because the Pharisees knew that's exactly what was prophesied about the coming of the Messiah. And they didn't believe in Jesus. Jesus said this as the Pharisees are rebuking Jesus and wanting him to rebuke his disciples. I tell you, if these disciples were silent, the very stones would cry out. If you've ever been to Jerusalem, you know there are a lot of stones, a lot of rocks in Jerusalem. Amen? A lot. 
and they would be crying it out because what they're saying is exactly what should be said. See, this is an amazing event. Here's the first thing that I think encourages me. I hope it does with you as well. Jesus is fulfilling prophecies. It increases our faith in God's unstoppable plan. See, this was prophesied hundreds of years earlier. It should remind you, nothing stops God. If God said it, he's going to do it. If God promised it, it will happen. Please don't doubt it, especially knowing how fragile life is. And all around us, we hear story after story of tragic death. It reminds us of how frail our lives are. See, Jesus is purposely fulfilling prophecies so that you'll have confidence in the word of God and the fact that God's plan is unstoppable. Matthew, when recording about this incident, writes this in Matthew 21. This took place. Why? To fulfill what was spoken by the prophets, saying, Say to the daughter of Zion, Behold, your king is coming to you, humble and mounted on a donkey and on a colt, the foal of a beast of burden. See, 700 years earlier, a prophet by the name of Zechariah made this prophecy. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout aloud, which is exactly what would happen. You know, you can, you can orchestrate riding a donkey into Jerusalem, right? People said to me, well, Jesus just did that to fulfill the prophecy. Yeah, but you can't orchestrate a crowd. Thousands of people doing what the Bible predicted, calling him the Messiah, putting their faith in him. Now, yes, they were a fickle crowd because we know what happened on Good Friday. But this is Jesus fulfilling another prophecy as the people are shouting aloud, O daughter of Jerusalem, behold, your king is coming to you, righteous and having salvation is he, humble and mounted on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. I've shared in the past that there was a famous mathematician by the name of Peter Stoner, world-renowned mathematician. He looked at the life of Jesus and realized that there are at least 40 major prophecies that Jesus fulfilled. Other scholars will say he had 40 major, but another 20 or 25 minor that he fulfilled from the Old Testament. Because as you know, in the very beginning in the Garden of Eden, when Adam and Eve sinned, God said this, the seed of the woman will one day what? Crush the head of the serpent. So for thousands of years... Believers in God have been looking for this seed of the woman prophesied in the Old Testament time after time, in essence saying, he's coming, he's coming. Here's another, here's another oh, he's coming. And this is what you're going to look for, he's coming. This thread of prophecy that runs throughout the Old Testament. Peter Stoner took eight, just eight, of the major prophecies that Jesus fulfilled calculated the odds of one person fulfilling only eight of those prophecies. For example, born in Bethlehem. That cuts out about 99% of the world's population. Amen? That, about 99% of the world population is gone. That's just one prophecy. He took seven more. Calculated the odds of one person fulfilling eight prophecies. The number is staggering. He calculated one times ten to the 17th power. That's the number one with 17 zeros following it. That's a massive number. In essence, he concluded there's no possible way that Jesus could have done this by chance. This was all planned out. 40 major prophecies. You can imagine how big that number would be. And the reason why this is so important, 
It's because I want you to know God's plan is unstoppable. You can have faith in God's plan. Yes, we live in a world that's steeped in rebellion against God. Yes, there are tragedies all around us because we've rejected God. We constantly are pushing him away. But he keeps pursuing us and reaching out to us. And he sent the very best he could send, his own son, as a demonstration of his love for us. And that son went all the way to the cross. And every time I know in my heart, when I'm burdened by what's happening in the world, and even what's happening in my life, I stand at the foot of the cross and I can't deny this, that Jesus loved me all the way to the cross. He loved me all the way to the cross. Yes, I might think I would do things differently and I would handle things differently in the world, but I do understand this. God demonstrated his love for us. He's working out his unstoppable plan. When Jesus says he'll never leave us or forsake us, unstoppable. When Jesus says, I go and prepare a place for you, and if I go, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also unstoppable. You can't stop him. Please don't allow pride to grow up in your heart and think that you have a better plan or that your plan somehow is unstoppable. It's, it, it's going to meet this rock that is too big to move. That rock is Jesus Christ. Whatever your plan is, if it's in contradiction to Jesus Christ, there is a rock that is so big it cannot be moved. It's the rock of God's word. Here's the second thing I think we should understand from this passage of Jesus entering the city of Jerusalem. Jesus is knowing the details of everything that's happening. I love the fact that he tells them, go into this village, you'll see a colt tied up, no one has ever sat on it. Think about that. Wait a minute, Jesus, how do you know that no one has ever sat on this donkey, on this colt? Because he's God. He's God in flesh. He knows the details of everything that's happening in this world. That's why I like to say there's no such thing as coincidences, right? Because God's fingerprints are all around us. God is working out the details exactly as he intended. He knows the details. And if he knows that much about a donkey, I could use another word, but I won't in church. If he knows that much about a donkey, how much more does he know about you? everything about you. And here's the crazy thing. He still loves you enough to die for you on the cross. See, it solidifies our faith that God is in control. I love what he told, Jesus told Pilate when Pilate said to him, don't you know I have the authority to release you or crucify you? Oh, wow, Pilate, showing off your power. Jesus looked at him and said, you would have no power over me had it not been given to you from above. See, Jesus could have called 10,000 angels to destroy the world and set him free, but he didn't. He's in control. He's not a weak martyr, misunderstood by the culture, nailed to the cross, died a cruel death. Oh, how sad for Jesus. That's not the story of Jesus. It's Jesus coming exactly as he intended, laying down his life. No one takes it away from him. He lays it down for you and for me. He is in control. And this entire week when amazing things happen, on Sunday, that first Palm Sunday, he enters Jerusalem. The crowds crying out messianic phrases from the Old Testament. 
That happened to be the week of Passover, as you know, because he would later celebrate the Passover meal with his disciples. As you know, in Passover, five days before, you need to select the lamb. So that Sunday would have been Lamb Selection Day, the day when every Jewish family picks out one lamb, brings that lamb into their house. We studied it when we studied the Passover. And that lamb becomes the household pet, but the plan is clear. That, that lamb's going to be sacrificed. And God brings Jesus into Jerusalem that day, in essence saying, here is the fulfillment of all of the Passovers you've been celebrating. That's why Jesus at the Passover meal on Thursday took the elements and said, this piece of bread is my body given for you. That's the fulfillment of the Passover. This cup is the new covenant in my blood. The fulfillment of the Passover. The disciples finally beginning to understand that all of the Passover is all about this. It points to Jesus. The ultimate fulfillment, the greatest person who ever lived on this planet because he died and rose again. I think you know this. I've said it many times. Every time I share my faith with somebody and they say, well, I don't believe that's true. I believe this. I always tell them. It's a very dangerous thing to put yourself in contradiction to Jesus Christ and his opinion because he's the only one that died and rose again. Everyone else that contradicts Jesus died and stayed dead. See, I want to follow the guy who died and rose again. When he came into Jerusalem, he did it according to plan. He knew the details. He was in control. Monday through Wednesday, he cleanses the temple. Then he predicts that Jerusalem will be destroyed, just like it was in 70 AD. On Thursday, he has the Last Supper with his disciples. That's the Passover meal. He's the perfect fulfillment of it. On Friday, he's tried a mockery of justice, denied by Peter, crucified, nailed to a piece of wood, and hung over the earth for six hours. With all power at his disposal, he could have said the word and it would have been over. But he continued to hang there in absolute agony for six hours. On Saturday, his body was in the tomb fulfilling the Sabbath of the Jews as his body rested. On Sunday, he rose again from the dead, which is the same day that the Feast of First Fruits starts. See, to me, all of this is all about God working out his plan. Nothing stops God. God's in control. The Feast of First Fruits starts on that very first Easter Sunday. What's First Fruits all about? It's this. The Jews would take their first crop and offer it to God as a step of faith, saying, God, thank you for our harvest. We believe there's more to follow. This is yours. The ultimate fulfillment of the Feast of first fruits is Jesus. This is what the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 15. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. Here it is. The first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For as by a man came death, by a man also has come the resurrection from the dead. See, he's the first example of what's going to happen to us. When people say to me, Mel, what happens to my soul and what happens to my body after I die? Exactly what happened to Jesus, right? His body was in the tomb on Saturday. Even though his soul had risen, he said, I have not yet ascended to my father, right? So he was going to his father. On Sunday, his body was resurrected, a glorified body reunited with his soul, just like yours will be. 
If I died today, my spirit would be with God instantaneously, absent from the body, present with the Lord. But one day, the Bible says that our bodies will be raised glorified, just like Jesus. He's the first fruit of what will happen to us. There's much more to come. Billions and billions of believers throughout time where their bodies will be raised from the dead. You might say, Mel, that sounds pretty wild. Yeah, because our God is an awesome God. He created 400 billion galaxies. This is not a problem for him. That's why Jesus could stand in front of the grave of Lazarus after Lazarus was dead four days and his body had already decayed and say, Lazarus, come forth. Not a problem for Jesus because he's awesome. Here's the third thing I love about this story. Jesus was sharing the mission. See, as you know, Jesus is all-powerful. He could have taken a donkey from anywhere and caused that donkey to walk right toward him. He could have taken a donkey from anywhere and with his power brought that donkey to him by himself. But that's not what he did. He used two of his disciples to go into the village and get the donkey. And they would be amazed that it happened just like Jesus said. Why? Because Jesus wanted his disciples to be part of what's going on. Part of the mission of saving the world. I'm sure after the resurrection, the disciples were saying, yeah, wasn't it amazing? We went to the town and there was a donkey just like Jesus said. The guy said exactly what Jesus told us he would say. We used the answer and amazingly the guy let us take his donkey. There's a joy in that, my friends. There's a joy in being part of God's plan. That God involves us in his work. And we here at Riverview, we're all about these five priorities. Loving the word of God because it's a gift from God. Worshiping our God that created us because it's the healthiest thing we can do. Fellowshipping with one another. Having a bond here. Knowing that we're brothers and sisters in Christ. And yes, I am imperfect. And I need the ministry of all of you to help grow me up and make me more like Jesus. That's what the body of Christ is all about. It's exciting to be a part of it. God has given each of you gifts and abilities so that you can be part of the work. I remember when I was painting my daughter's bedroom. I was painting it pink. She was a little Capri. She was five years old at the time. And I was painting it pink. And she came and goes, Daddy, I want to help. I want to help. I'm like, oh, you're going to ruin my masterpiece. I'm doing so good. I'm making it look so good. But I, I knew I had to help, have her help me, right? She wanted to help me. So I gave her a little brush and a, a can, put it over here, and I just said, okay, you work on this wall, Capri, and just start painting here, and, and, and just start painting it pink, and I'll be working over here. Now, she's painting it. What's happening, right? It's a total mess. There is drips going down the wall. It's all uneven. And every time she would kind of turn to get some more paint from the can, you know, I'd come and I'd fill in behind her, right? I'd take my roller and fill it in, take away the drips and make it look nice. Then I'd go back to my area and keep working. And she would go back and make more of a mess, right? And then I'd have to come back and fill it in. But when the room was done, it looked pretty good. And when the room was done, my daughter, who made a total mess, said to my wife, Hey, Mommy! What did she say? We painted the room. We did this. Look how good it looks. That's exactly what God does for me and for you. He comes behind us and fills in the gaps, somehow taking our efforts and allowing us to make a difference for eternity, forever. You won't find that anywhere else. 
Don't cheapen your life and get caught up in things that are only trivial, that only last for a moment, and then they're gone. See, as we love the Word here, and we worship, and we fellowship with one another, we pray and see God work, and we get involved in sharing our faith with others, others will experience what we know, that God loved us all the way to the cross to set us free, my friends. Set you free. And you will spend all of eternity in a place He's prepared for you. And it brings me to our last point. It's this. He changes our identity. See, the product of faith is this. It changes us. A faith that saves you is a faith that changes you. You know, I know we have some young kids being baptized today. But God is doing a work in their hearts and their lives. My prayer would be that they'll never forget this moment when they took a stand for Jesus. But God is only beginning the work that he's doing in their lives by faith. It changes who we are, that we are no longer beings on this planet that are here as a result of some accident that happened 15 years, 15 billion years ago, and this random process with no intelligent direction behind it. We are here because a God created you. He stamped his image on you. He died on the cross for you. He's given you gifts and abilities. He's preparing a place for you. He's adopted you into his family. You are loved by this God, and he is alive. Matthew 21 says this about the crowds. The crowds went before them that followed him and were shouting, Hosanna, which means God saves, to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. But we know that many of the crowd, maybe not all of them, but some of them, five days later would be yelling, crucify him. And what I'm reminded of in that is this, the superficial uh, shallowness of the crowd. How superficially shallow they can be. So fickle. One minute a fan, the next uh, screaming, crucify him. See, the major problem of the superficially shallow is this. They have a wrong expectation. The people thought that Jesus was coming to throw off Roman rule. That's what they wanted. But Jesus was coming to do exactly what they needed to have done. That was to have their sins paid for, to be right with God. And I hope you know today, your greatest need is not the next breath you take. Your greatest need is not the next glass of water you drink or the next meal you eat. The greatest need of everyone on this planet, because as we know, life can be over in an instant. The greatest need is to be right with God, to be right with Him. That's exactly why Jesus came. See, the Pharisees never got it. They were, I call it dangerously defiant. Their eternities were hanging on the balance. They were in the same place where the God of this universe, the creator universe was. They confronted the creator God, but they were defiant against him. And the problem with the defiant was this. They had a wrong interpretation of scripture. They didn't want to accept that Jesus could be the son of God and rejected him. But I want to challenge all of you to be confidently committed like a true disciple. The major blessing is this. There is a blessing of just having this relationship with God and knowing that my eternity is secure with him, knowing that he's called you into a purpose much greater than any one of us. That's what the first triumphal entry was all about, man. God reaching out and pursuing us, death on the run, sin on the run, and offering to all of us a way to be right with God. Amen, church? Amen. And let's bow our hearts in prayer.
as your hearts are bowed today, I want to ask you to, from your heart, just talk to God. Say, Jesus, thank you for laying down your life for us on the cross. Thank you that you came and made a way for us to be right with you, God. You know, he hears your prayers. He knew that no one had ever sat on a donkey, and he certainly knows you. Lord, we uh, just bow our hearts before you. We know you're right here, right now. Your words are powerful. You said it again. You said, where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am in the midst. You're right here. We bow our hearts before you. You deserve our worship. And Lord, we look forward to celebrating what you did for us on the cross this week. We love you, Lord. And we pray this in Jesus' matchless name. Amen. Let's all stand together and sing this song. Hosanna, Hosanna, you are the God who saves us, worthy of all our praises. Hosanna, Hosanna, come have your way among us, we welcome you here. Amen. Hey, there's so many opportunities for things to sign up on the patio for. Please do that. Please look over those various opportunities. We have elders and home group leaders up front to pray with you and live this week all for him. God bless you. See you on Good Friday.